Jesse, Jalis, and Claire Burns are looking for love. Jesse, Claire, you're beautiful. You're funny. How could you be single? And we said, <laughs> things are yes. going well. It's going to be good. We're good? <laughs> no such thing as love. Welcome to No Such Thing as Love. I'm Claire Burns. And I'm Jesse Jollis. And you're listening. And you're going to be listening to a hilarious tale. Girl, Girl. you better sit down or, or stand. stand. Maybe lean. I love a love a lean. I really love a lean. <laughs> I do. But you know what I love more than anything? You better tell. Lying down. Yeah. I'd really do. It's <laughs> lay my favorite. Me down. Or lay me, I'll do it myself. Lay lie. Mm, you know, mm, who's potato potato. So Guess we've been what? talking about it and we did it. We went to a speed dating event. Ladies and gentlemen, Claire and I said, <laughs> What is speed dating? What's the big deal? What's the big deal? What is it even? This is fun. We haven't done it. Let's go do it. So we said, Let's go do it. We signed up, we were ready to go. I think I was wearing, we were both wearing dresses. We were so cute. But here's the thing. So we met up like just a few minutes before so we could go in together. We certainly were not going to meet there. That's insane. So we met up a few minutes before. I Or we had dinner before. Yes, in fact, we did. We had dinner, but we were just catching up. It wasn't until like the end of dinner we were like, and what are we doing tonight? I had remembered, but I was not stressed about it. Yes. I was like, oh, this is just going to be funny. Like, it'll be yeah. a story. I mean, I there was no doubt in my mind that it, there would be no dates found in this. But and still, a story could be told. A story. And to no one's surprise, I came in hella stressed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was because, like, chill yeah. out. <laughs> it's totally fun. Right. And you were, yeah, you were like, it's going to be fine. This is what I just realized about it. I went, now let me just, let me just think about the premise of it. Yeah. Um, You get three minutes. If I were going to say when is my worst impression, it's my first three minutes. It's your first. (laughs) Truly. People like at at first when I'm nervous, which I always am, I seem cold. Yes. Right. So we know that off the bat. We know that off the bat. Then I don't like chit chat. I don't (laughs) like small talk. So I was like, wait, I'm going to be horrible at this. Like. I, this is not my forte. No, this is the worst possible situation for you to be in. <laughs> right. So I just went, well, I just feel what bad for doing? everyone I'm speaking to because I just don't see myself. I'm really closed off at first. Not yeah. even me. But like, what do you do? It's like, oh, I don't really, like, I'm always like, mm, small answer. Nothing. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to be the worst. So I just went and going so like, stress. what's funny is I'm going to be bad. Right. Okay. So then we started walking towards the event. Yes. I started to get nervous at that point. For sure. You finally met me where I, I was. I met you. Because I was like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Who are these guys that are going to be at this speed dating event? Right. Like, who's showing up to this? <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. So we, um, yeah, started to get stressed. But we did prep a little bit about, like, what our answers would be. Because, again, because you had said Thank you were nervous you. about that initial chit-chat. Right. And I was like, okay, what if someone's <laughs> just like, what's your story? Right. You know, it's like, what's your elevator what am I gonna pitch? Say? Yeah, what's my pitch? For you? This is who I am. Yeah. So. What would you say? For me? Yeah, if I'm like, who are you? Well, I'm a production <laughs> designer. Oh. And I do a little acting as well. What about you? That quick. Listen, get off me. Yeah. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> get off Let's me. Let's move on. I'm not saying comedy. I'm no. not doing any of that. No. Because then they'll be like, oh, tell me a joke. No, Will yeah. You stand you... up. Blah, 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 blah. Like, I hate you. No, yeah. Um, 
What would you say? What I don't know. I guess after hearing that, I think I'd be like... <sighs> an editor, didn't we say? I think I was going to say, on... I am an editor. I'm a video editor. <laughs> <laughs> video editor. My eyes hurt from staring at a screen all day. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> <laughs> if we've learned anything, yeah. it's quick. It's quick. Quick with the question. Okay, wait. So, great. Okay. So, we get ready to go. This is my favorite part. So, we okay. get ready to go in and... As we're like, oh, I think that's the bar. Right. There's an older woman <laughs> and like another younger woman who looks lost and then goes to speak to her in another language. And then I said, what if it's a no English night? <laughs> <laughs> and we both quickly 180 and rehuddled in the corner like, we were at. Did not pause. <laughs> I literally started turning involuntarily, like abort, abort, abort. <laughs> and so, yes. And please note, this was a downstairs in the basement right. bar. So, so you had to agree to go downstairs. You had to go downstairs in this barely marked lounge. Well, wait. Bar. So first we regroup on the street. So yes, we regroup. We go. We laugh. We laugh. We go. <laughs> it's not a non-English night. That was just the first thing we could think yes. of. Like we don't like the windows. Like right. we're <laughs> get out. Okay, so then we're like, what just happened? What? That's so silly. <laughs> we gotta go down there. Oh. Down there to the. Devil's Lair. Some would say. So we're going down these steps. Uh-huh. Laughing. Laughing to ourselves. Because <laughs> we don't know what the but hell we're we've go- gotten but into. But we've got the mentality now. This yes. will be a story. We're doing it for our audience. Yes. Uh, we said. You're welcome. Yeah. We were like, put your pride aside. <laughs> get down those steps and get some stories for the audience that waits. Listen to us now. <laughs> yeah. So I think one of my favorite things about it is that I don't think there were any um, light bulbs that did not have a red tint to them. Very true. It was like Moscow in the <laughs> 1980s. Yes. yes. It was so red and dark and red. trying to be cool and sultry. Absolutely. And in fact, it seemed tragically trashy and yeah. frightening. I, May I say the amount of frightening that it, that it truly was, and let me explain something just for my sanity and my head. Okay, so uh-huh. we get into this place. Everything's dark. It's like red and black tapestry, truly, <laughs> and like so like bad. like how Claire said, like dim lighting. I'm in a yellow dress. <laughs> And I truly feel like I've never stood out more in a place I literally want to just seep into the floor. Like, I want to die. And my yes. my anxiety attack starts. Like, I'm already having trouble breathing. Yeah. So we stand there. I'm going to say for a good couple beats. You're right. It You're might right. have been a minute or so. Might have been no hours. One, it might have been two hours, honestly. I don't know. But we were standing there. And I, as a host. Absolutely. Thank you. I thought, how rude. <laughs> we have not been greeted. True. Because we are clearly two young women here for the event that An is event being held here. Tonight. So we stood kind of at the front. We noticed that like one side, yes. people were already like like sitting sit, and yes. whatever. We're like, okay, that part's a functioning lounge. Spoken for. Yes. <laughs> and then this waitress comes near us yes. and I'm like, excuse us. I'm sure you, you can't guess what we're here for. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, speed dating. We were like, yeah. Why did you say? <laughs> yeah. That was a little that too was quick. Yeah. Um, and then she kind of pointed over to a dark corner. To a very dark corner where I saw what looked to be a preteen. Now, I'm not kidding you when I say it came up to Claire's knee. <laughs> she was waving in the corner, waving in a dark. In a dark, but here's the thing. Huh. She, she was so young looking. 
she was so short and so tiny mm. and she was wearing <laughs> all denim right with jelly sandals right and she had like a tank top on everyone else is in nightclub setting like everyone's like they're men in at suits least dark. everyone's dark it's dark in there girls are wearing like heels uh, yes she's like in coming jellies. from work or right. she's wearing she just came from the beach the beach and she was like, oh, hey, I'm over here. Like that kind of nonchalant. She hates her job. She hates her job. Like someone, somehow she got roped into hosting this thing. She didn't know how. So we make our way over. Right. As we approach, she gets smaller and smaller. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So she was like, hey, what are your names? Whatever. Like so... Clara said her first and last, and I know this because I went, oh, my God, I can't believe she just said her last name. Because there were, while she's there, there are these men. So so we go into this, it's like a dark farther room that's now almost a blue tint. It's black and blue, okay? It's so dark, it's blue. It's so dark, and there's like a weird booth around, and there are these old men <laughs> on their phones in in indistinct corners. So, and no, like this was a speed dating event for ages, <laughs> 32 to 44. But so, also no one checks. But uh, yeah, you're younger it's the than honor. that. I am, thank you. Thank you for knowing that. And yep. so no one's checking. No. But, and clearly the majority of these men knew that, that no one they checks. were not going to be checked. Yes, these so, men are rounding 70. They are... They up there. But then there were also some that, dare I say, say I'm just going to say, say, like, it. they would have been perfect cast mm. in a movie of um, an international man coming to find yes. one of his wives. Absolutely. Like, there were a few of them. Yes. Um, which, you know what? Don't knock it. But I'm not going <laughs> to knock it. But so Clara says her first and last name. And I see one guy look, uh, put his head up. And I said, Jesse, you're going to stay anonymous tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said my first and last name because I saw her checking the list. So I just wanted to make sure in mm. case there were other clears. I don't know. Sure. Um, so then she starts to explain she to us. She gives us these two large cards. Two, yes. Two large cards. And she's like, okay, so. With our numbers. with We have our numbers. And she's like, so. This is how it works. This is how it works. And like something Britishy, And then she's like, oh, I yeah. don't know. Because um, we were like, what? Oh, it's like English night. It was like English, English night. night. I which, don't know what that means. No one knew. Which it could tie into its non-English speaking. It night really that we thought could. it was. But no, so it, they were trying to have some British like British, something. right? So like all so the fo- the card that we were given, right. we had like spots for each person that we we're going to meet and then there was like a ranking scale, 1 through so, 5. Right. And so and I sure shit I was going to bring it and I forgot but um, it was like too cheeky for me like oh, yeah. so like the worst descriptions that you Horrific. could just like make notes or whatever so their, their whole premise as she explains is that when you meet someone you can write down their number their name and their number yeah. if you want their, the number I being their assigned ID number, to you right right right, right. And then you can make a note of who you like, You can whatever. score and write notes to yourself for later. You know, because you won't be able, you know, to remember <laughs> from all of the wonderful men you're meeting. Yeah. Um, and then you turn in your card with the list. Right. Because I'm sure there'll be 
multiples of who you right. want to meet. And then if you, if that same person likes yeah. you, they'll connect to you or whatever. She said like our high class system like rolled her eyes, which is like, okay, so she you. was over <laughs> it. Yeah. Has to go through and see if anybody matches. Like yeah. if anybody who wants to talk to certain people both say it, that then their information will be exchanged. Right. Which I wonder if they like each other. I'm sure someone's given numbers or yeah, whatever. Yeah, why do tonight, I need a cue whatever. card? But okay, whatever. sure. Uh, so, yes. So she flippantly, like she thought, I felt as though she was trying to befriend us by the absurdity of the event. Maybe. You know, she was like, yeah, I don't know, it's stupid. You yeah. know, like, I maybe she knew that it wasn't for us. She did know because another issue I had, and I'll explain it to you, mm-hmm. is in this dark blue room where these old men are sitting, yes. is there's an outside that's the booth and then an inside that's chairs and all the men are in the booth. And I said, right. if they even think for a minute <laughs> I'm not nestling in a corner booth and not moving the entire night, they're crazy. <laughs> I went. Yeah, because all of the men, all the men had seemed to have come alone, and so after they checked in, they went and just found a seat, found a spot. I guess they're claiming a spot, claiming the spot in the booth, so they don't have manners, no manners whatsoever. So she said, "Oh, we're going to get started." Grab a drink. We had already seen a couple like groups of young women, whatever, because. We ladies stick together and support each other and decide to do things for fun. Yeah, and it's like, hey, if one of us gets murdered, I'll be there for you. I can give a sketch right. drawing <laughs> of who it was. Give the sketch <laughs> while these men are just like alone, and that's frightening. Yes. So all the women are at the bar in their groups, and so... <laughs> Giggly and Giggly. optimistic. optimistic. Yeah, so she was like, we're going to get started in a couple minutes, yes. so why don't you just get a drink? Um, right. We'll call you over. So then, so then we turn. We're like, okay, thank you, and then yeah. we turn and go to the other side of this like pole yeah. area and to go to the bar. Mm-hmm. And then I, my point of view, my friend Jesse turns to me <laughs> <laughs> with eyes oh. of fear and terror. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I can't remember the specific words, but it is. Do we go? (laughs) (laughs) Or how bad would it be if we left? Um, I felt... You were freaking out. I truly (laughs) felt like I was in the most desperate sea I had ever been in. Ever. With people... It was quicksand and people were trying to pull me in. (laughs) And I was saying, no, no, no. No quicksand for me. I said, guess what? I love being single. Yeah. Guess what? I love it. I'm not doing this. I refuse. I truly was like, Claire, I'll wait upstairs. (laughs) Like... (laughs) I also just felt like I was sticking out so much. I'm in this yellow dress. I am younger and I'm just like yeah. I'm I this is illegal for me to be here. It's illegal. <laughs> I can't be here. Something horrible will happen to me and I've never wanted to die faster. <laughs> So I'm sure I looked at you like, oh, my God. Yeah, you were. I think my heart was truly out of my <laughs> out of my chest. I had never felt so sick and uncomfortable. <laughs> I felt sick because I hadn't. I don't think we had made eye contact when we were talking to the preteen. No. And so that moment, because I, of course, was like, what the fuck? So I was trying to set myself. I was like, this is going to be OK. It's going to yes, be fine. We're yes. going to. This is going to be hilarious. Hilarious. Well, I had almost my nerves had calmed down once we got there because I was like, this is not even like right. this is truly 
we're in a prank show. Like, this is so bad. This is just going to be funny. But then, because it also was so dark, I felt like I was not attached. But I was not wearing wearing a yellow dress. You were wearing black. (laughs) So I could hide. You could hide. I was reflecting the only light in the room. Yes. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, we, I think we had, but two exchanges. Yeah. So, what would, you know, would it be a problem? And I said... I, I don't me. know. Should we go? And you say, yeah. Yeah. And we ran. Ran like the wind. You've never seen us move so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't get to the gym, but maybe I don't need to. Because guess what? My legs pull through you when I need it. made them. it happen. Oh, my God. We sprinted up those stairs. Sprinted. And we passed by the waitress on the way out. And I said, not for us. Not yeah. for us. <laughs> and we left. And not. But then, yeah. at the top of the stairs, we're laughing again because we're yeah. like, what? We can breathe. I can, can breathe. breathe. I see air. I see light. Yes. And then there was a, a man that fit the age range. True. Um, who was like, don't tell me you're, you were here for the event or speed dating event. You're leaving. And we're like, yes, there's so many beautiful women down there. Yeah. And he s- said something else. And we're like, ha, ah, bye. And we like, literally ran yeah. around the corner. Much like when I was asked out, we ran around the corner yes. to get away from any interaction <laughs> with any man. And then we like had to have a breather. We were like, what? What just, just happened? happened? And I listen, mm. you you said I must have a drink. I said you better <laughs> down me a drink because I'm in a, uh, my mind and my body were in three different places. Yeah. We I felt like my I was so frightened in those moments and then just felt like what are we in a good way. I'll tell you this. Uh, yeah. So once I've downed two martinis in under three seconds flat. Yeah. And I'm feeling like my pulse is back. Claire and yeah. I did look at each other and go. This is the problem. Yeah. And we actually are coming up with a business strategy because we're like, there needs to be a fun way to interrupt. First of all, you should have to bring a buddy. If you're you're a guy who can't find a friend, I don't want to talk to you. It's a little strange. You know, I don't need that. Ladies always buddy up. So guess what? It's a freaking buddy system because also I glow and feel like myself when I'm with you. Yes. So why would I not want that as my training wheels at the beginning anyway? So guess what? It's a buddy system. And if you've got a problem with it, then don't come to our event event. because we're throwing events now. So I think, yes. So we're figuring figuring out we're gonna like listen we're gonna pick our day our time we're gonna go around start asking people like one-on-one right it's not gonna be called speed dating because that scares people but we're gonna have events we're gonna do games we're gonna do whatever system it's fine it doesn't have to be like I don't think it I think it can be a fun young thing yeah like it's a fun young thing that you're gonna have fun with your friend regardless yes you just um, happen to have other single right. people there because the idea of also being split up from you I was like I'll die <laughs> <laughs> I'll be taken away in a corner no one no one <laughs> No, I wouldn't be. Well, with your dress, it would have been easier to find me. Yeah, it would have been easier to find me. But I mean, it was traumatic. I was, yeah, no, I was traumatic. I've never seen you drink so fast because we then went to truly the first bar we saw, which was across the street. Yeah. And within seconds of ordering your martini, it was gone. I downed it. And then you started to come back to reality at that point. Because I, I'm not kidding you, I think I was in a state of shock. Yeah, you were. And I truly had never felt so trapped. Yeah. Like trapped, I mean, it was, once again, dark. We're in the back. 
There are just a lot of, like, I'm not kidding. These are, it's illegal. These are old men. Like, these are not, this is like my grandpa's friend. You know, like, I, I could talk to him, but if he thinks it's speed dating, I just need to be up front. We need to be clear. Like, and they yeah. all don't, no one's, fr- everyone's on their, everyone looks frightened. Yeah. I just, it really. And, and it, that host it, was horrible. And it reeked of just like kind of sadness and desperation. Yeah. And the uh, fact that it was in truly the darkest uh, uh, bar ever. Imaginable. It's like, oh, well then they clearly know this is a shame thing. Right. And you know what? That's exactly how it felt. Yeah. And I was shamed to be there. I yeah, was like, we get were. me out. And we said, this never happened. It never happened. Slash, we'll talk about we'll it the day we die. We'll definitely talk about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now I think that's our our level. Because we saw some scary older dude the other day. And I was like, speed dating. And yeah, <laughs> that's what we say now. Yeah. That's our new You level know the guys like out creepy. there that are at speed dating? Yeah. Label them. You yeah. know? And keep oh, he's your- a speed dater. Yeah. Oh. He speed dates. <laughs> you know, keep your guard up. I get it. You have a buddy. And it's not that I don't think old creepy men don't deserve love either. No, excuse me. But I don't, listen, it sounds like that. Yeah. Go on the apps and right. put real photos. Absolutely. And don't go to a 32 to whatever. Because no. that's not for you, sir. And if you got money, go to a seeking arrangements thing right. or whatever, which. What a tr- leads us into our guest today, <gasps> who is so freaking fantastic. We're literally thrilled. Um, Caitlin Bailey. Buckle up. She is so, I feel, first of all, like an idiot when I'm talking to her because she's so smart, but she's so nice and just great. She's great. She's gracious. She's great. Uh, yeah, I revert back to when I'm two and I'm like, I don't understand I you. I don't understand. But I'm a baby and I'm learning. <laughs> I'm soaking. I'm a sponge, but baby. But it's fascinating. I'm a sponge. So yeah, we're thrilled to, to, to get to speak with her. Yes, indeed. I mean, it's the oldest profession. We know that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. It is so true. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. We, I, must, we must We must officially begin. begin. Here we go. Caitlin Bailey. Thank you so much for being here. And so many titles. Let me oh make sure that gosh. I get them right. First of all, we have Communications Director of Decriminalized Sex Workers. Work. 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 Yeah. Work, girl. Um, you and- better work. <laughs> <laughs> and then the most exciting thing recently, Global Ambassador. Doesn't that sound impressive? No, I, I right? literally can't believe I'm it. I'm so impressed. I know. So Global Were Ambassador you elected? Of- no. No, no, no. I applied. I you applied. have to apply. I applied. Well, wow. It's a grant for, to, to contribute to the Global Report. Wow. Because, wow. wait, yeah. no, the Global so I, Ambassador I'm- of... Uh, oh, for of the uh, global uh, n- network of sex workers. Of sex workers. Yes. Wow. Great. I just wanted to make sure there wasn't, so N- I wasn't missing anything. NSWP. Oh, wow. Yes. I yes. love an acronym. I feel like I it's very too. official. <laughs> yeah. And like, like so many nonprofits, and I respect this yes. so much, they pay you in like titles. Yeah. Right? Uh, so it sure. was like, you know, I got my uh-huh. I got my grant money to do uh-huh. my research, but they were like, we will bestow upon you <gasps> this beautiful cacophony beautiful. of words that cost us nothing. I was like, sold. I'll I do it. it. Literally, I, okay, absolutely. 
Lily. My what ego title? loves it. I was like, I can't believe that global this ambassador. is happening. We That's are among. We, are. we lured a global ambassador to the basement. A truly. Comedy. How did we do that? <laughs> like, did you promise Ooh, something right. I don't I know I about? I promised a title. <laughs> Another <laughs> title. <laughs> the I'll best take up guest yes. ever of our global podcast. It. It's now. a non-profit version of Exposure. Yes, yes. exactly. Yeah. Oh my exactly. gosh. Oh, I Lord. love it. An Instagram post. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so let's get into it. Sure. Yes. First of all, let's get some background. Yes. All right. Um, so you are a former sex worker. Yes. And so could you tell two us kinds. like- two, Okay, two yeah, kinds. 100%. Please elaborate. I did, um, I did hourly escort work in okay. Raleigh, North Carolina between ah. 2004, 2005. Okay. I would describe this in retrospect as like the golden age of wow. sex work because it was- after flip phones and the internet, but like before Sesta Fosta and facial recognition technology, mm, yeah, right. So it was this oh, like sort of interesting. Yeah. It was yeah. great in that like sex work enjoyed this brief period of time of being safe. You know, I, I'm yeah. a safety compliance officer's daughter. Right. I ran the risks. I posted my ad. I screened and scheduled my clients. I had like you posted a your ad where on a, a message board uh, okay. by you know wow. sex workers and you know their clients and. Um, uh, and providers would post like ads, conversations. It's like a little community. Of yes, people yeah. are fucking each other, like the comedy community. And so you, a you know, lot, it's a like, lot. Yeah. <laughs> very similar, but no money, yeah. no money yeah. whatsoever. Now, Speaking wait. of that, yes. uh, uh, the second time that I did sex work uh-huh. was when I got into sugaring here in New York <gasps> in order to subsidize my art. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Now, I must find out. Let's go back to yes. Raleigh. So sure. did you know anyone that was doing it? How did you find no, out I mean, about? Like, I'd gone to theater camp and well. one of our like tech people worked <laughs> yeah. as a stripper. Like okay. I had some peripheral uh-huh. like stuff, okay. but it I mean it's in the water. Like you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, everyone everyone discusses it. You can put two level. and two together yeah. as like yeah. a young person. Yeah. So yeah, I but but I actively pursued it. This was okay. like I Googled right. like Escort Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah. I was uh, obsessed as I still am yes. with yeah. courtesans and like the the sex workers of history and mm. like how they operated and who they were and like and I thought it was so fascinating that uh, when you look back in history it is sex workers that are writing and producing art and moving about freely through in public and I I really latched on to this idea of sex work as empowerment because it was such a rejection of all of the limiting beliefs about uh, you know female sexual autonomy you know I was like I'm gonna throw my virginity away thanks don't need it I'm good I'm just gonna move freely yeah. throughout the world like, so there are going to be so many dicks like I don't protect right. myself from the dicks right, right, right. <laughs> there's going to be so many it's going to be no. fine exactly right. yeah. <laughs> wow wow <Yeah>. so <laughs> and how so many dicks. how business like was it like what did you lay out before sure. after well, yeah. I think it's important to remember that uh, when I got started I was 17 which is wow. like a period of black and white thinking right okay. and then also the stakes monetarily were very low for me at the time because like you know I I come from money my parents are meeting all of my basic needs I don't have like a drug habit to support like nothing right it's it's like curiosity and whatever so it enabled me to like do every safety precaution religiously because you were desperate for money exactly and and I think that's an important correlation to make for the Mm -hmm. public it's like the more Mm. desperate people make desperate choices yes and so yeah we'll we'll put a pin in that and come back to it yeah um and then on top of that, the stakes for me were like 
if I wound up in a bad situation, like not only could I end up dead or get the police involved, but my parents might find out. Wow. I was 17, yeah. you know, like I was way more afraid of like being grounded than for sure. Right? Disappointing yeah. your parents. Sure, of yeah. course. Absolutely. Right. So um, I was very, very dogmatic with my clients. I required their real name. Uh, where they worked, and two industry references who are other women wow. in the community that they'd presumably not raped or killed, right? And wow. so I would follow up with them. I'd follow up where they worked. And then before they or I crossed the threshold, I'd check their ID. You know, it's it's way, right. more, way more precaution than I've ever taken with any of the free pussy I've given out the last, <gasps> right, like, right. decade and a half. No, like, for sure. Just, yeah. For yeah. sure. I was about to say, Lord, I don't right? know if I, I've never been... I don't remember names of a lot of people. Look at ID, right? <laughs> but that's so you were so precautious, right? Because I, I mean, y- you know, again, you got to contextualize yeah. this in the the time and place. Like, I'm not saying that uh, my precaution doesn't make me superior. I was just coming at this from such an immense place of privilege. Like, yeah. this is this is exactly the kind of thing that answers a lot of the questions of like, why are right. so many of the bodies associated with this, you know, uh, black trans women, Mm -hmm. uh, indigenous people, people on the poverty spectrum, people who, um, you know, are housing insecure. Mm -hmm. And it's like I said, when people are desperate for money, they make desperate choices. That is true across uh, the economic spectrum. It's true across uh, the employment spectrum. Like it doesn't matter who you are. Mm -hmm. If you get to a place where you're desperate enough, you will do things that you thought you otherwise would not do. So true. Right. 100%. So wait, how many years did you do that? Uh, year and a half, two years okay. at first. And then I like put it away. I went to college, worked in politics, okay. so you blah, moved, blah, blah, Right, yeah. yeah. Did the whole thing. And then uh, and then I got into com- I went, I got into politics, burned out, right. got into comedy. A logical step. Right. Yeah. Realized how chaotic my schedule was and, mm-hmm. and quit like a bunch of day jobs in a row. Mm-hmm. Like, again, coming from a place of immense privilege yeah. where like my manager is like, I need you to stay on an extra hour. And I'm like, I didn't move here to be a waitress. I have an audition. <laughs> like, right. you know, that's right. right. Yes. <laughs> so I, like many artists throughout history, yes. got myself a patron. I love that. Okay. Yeah. And how did you get the patron? Seeking arrangements. Okay. Yeah, which frames itself as not sex work, and they're just wrong about that. And that's oh, fine. Wow. Get under the big red umbrella, you're all whores. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And that's I, fine. But like, get in here because they're coming after you. Yeah. Yeah. I am interested in this about yeah. that. But let me ask a question uh, that because because you you were underage. Sure. Was, I was technically a trafficking victim. I OK. I was going to ask, first of all, did that make you more enticing to men? Is that a higher risk when sure. it comes to um, like su- that everyone? I mean, being nervous. Of, yeah. yeah, no, no. Let me stop you right there. Uh, and I'll tell you this. I didn't market myself as a barely legal or an underage okay. because for two reasons. One, um, I couldn't pull it off. I, uh, I developed super early. I had big, <laughs> dangly, like, saggy, big titties and, like, hips, you know? Like, yeah. I did not look like a little girl. I looked like a woman. Yeah. Um, and I'd been making my family uncomfortable for years. Like, that had been true. <laughs> like, 13, I, like, blossomed into my mom. Yeah. Uh, First of all. And then second of all, um, again, I was afraid of of being caught. So I marketed myself as a 20-year-old communications uh, major. Mm -hmm. Wow, yeah. um, And then irritated most of my clients by incessantly talking about marks whom I just discovered. Oh, my God. I love that. (laughs) Right? Like, let's discuss Karl Marx. Yeah, I'd like to talk about communism. (laughs) I know. Exactly. 
Wow. You're a real estate agent. How, yeah, it's like, come on. I, I, no. That's fascinating. You know, the chit chat. How oh, much, yeah. how yeah. much, when the job starts, sure. can you walk us through that? Absolutely. I mean, it's it, like, obviously every case is different. Sure. As a comedian, yeah. every show is different. Mm-hmm. Right. And also they're all the same, right? So yeah. it's like, so when I was doing hourly escort work, um, if it was a new client, obviously you have your like sort of I, your stern faced ID check. Mm-hmm. Once you establish that everyone's in the right place. Right. You need to see an envelope go onto a surface. Okay. Right? You don't touch it. You don't talk about it. Okay. Um, and then the appointment starts with some friendly banter where I'm trying to get this person comfortable, first uh-huh. and foremost. Okay. And second, a distant secondary concern is like getting some information about like what their expectations are. Right. Right. Oh, you don't talk about it until you're in the room. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Why would you? Interesting. Right. That's. I don't know. Um, <laughs> this is this is a good place for boundaries to be set. Okay. Right. Yeah. So it was a very. Um, this is like 2004, Raleigh, North Carolina, and like sex workers are pioneers of the active negotiated consent yeah. in sexual situations. Mm-hmm. I felt very much in control. I'm the professional in the room. This person is following my lead. So it's a lot of. Taking initiative, taking control, setting the tone, and that's a good way of keeping yourself safe as well. Right. Um, there's a little bit of uh, one of the things that I, I developed early on was uh, through your screening process and then also those initial moments in the room are like setting some pretty basic boundaries. Okay. And if there's any pushback on that, um, Ending the appointment or like refusing to to schedule the appointment, like understanding that this like little things can translate to big things. Sure. Yeah. Right. For sure. Right. Like if you're not willing to tell me who your employer is, you are more likely to try to pressure me to not use a condom. Like those things, that correlation between those things became very obvious. I know we're just learning it as a society. We're like, oh my God, Harvey Weinstein was an asshole the whole time. Yeah. In addition to being a rapist, he's just, you know. Right. Mm -hmm. So... Or just being okay with it for many years. Right, then, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it, the, and so, yeah. So anyway, we get we get comfortable, and then you start you start mirroring this person. You need to figure out like you don't want to frighten them off. Right, right. Like yeah. these are my nipple clamps. Right, like it's not. <laughs> um, but you you push it in a in a sexual direction and. Sex happens, but I would say it's about forty-five minutes of talking wow. and like fifteen minutes of fucking, on average. Yeah, everyone's course. different. Sure, Viagra's a nightmare. It should be yeah. banned. Oh wow, <laughs> I sure, think. sure, sure. Right. Yeah. Okay, so that's really fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. I did not know that the boundaries were set in the room. In mm-hmm. my mind, I thought that was like. <laughs> You don't want a subpoenable paper trail of emails oh, or text right. messages back and See, forth. That's not right. I, you silly we're criminalized Jesse. class. See, <laughs> right. <laughs> I didn't think that through. That's right. you're totally we're just right. Like, let's yeah. hang out. Of sure, course. absolutely. Yeah. Time let's and place. Hang out. Totally. Okay, great. Um, what were uh, some things that you learned that you were like, oh, I definitely need to be doing this? Or even if someone were starting, mm-hmm. you would be like, uh, never do this. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think the thing that I just talked about the is bound. a pretty oh. is a is a is a big truism across the board. I would say like, this isn't unique to sex workers. Mm-hmm. I would say this to any young actress, any any yeah. young waitress, any young writer, like any person who's like entering the workforce. If somebody, especially somebody in a position of power, is willing to violate a small boundary, like. Perk up your ears, yeah. like tune up your dial. They're telling for you who bigger they are. violations, yeah. absolutely. And like, and that's the other. And listen to your body. Yeah, yeah. 
Here's got- another question I have. Mm-hmm. Um, because I wonder the confidence mm-hmm. that goes into it and being at that age to have to be That's like, so I can shocking. do this yeah. job. Sure. And I'll, I'll say, I and mean, I'll own it. And I'll own it. And I'll yeah. be setting the rules. I'm like, the confidence. I can't I'm set hearing. the rules now. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. Yeah. No, I haven't had that much work autonomy uh, yeah. ever. So it's like, yeah. it's, it ruined me for the employment situation wow, yeah. that we have You're in like, this well, country. excuse me. This is what I'm going to do. Exactly. Yeah. No, I worked at Starbucks and my manager was like, oh man, a homeless person took a shit in the bathroom. That's your problem. And I was like, I don't consent. I don't <laughs> consent. I'm not. I won't do it. I will not. Right. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I think that, that that's 100% a product of, like, all of the research that I'm doing. I'm reading mm-hmm. about, like, the great courtesans of history, right? So I, mm-hmm. I'm walking in, like, I am a priestess from the underworld. Right. I will worship my yoni. Like, so it's oh God, very it. much that. Yeah. Another part of it is uh, the confidence of adolescence mm-hmm. comes mm-hmm. from just a place of, like, feeling invulnerable mm-hmm. uh, and I was playing a character, right? I'm doing yeah. my impression of like a, a sexually confident woman, which I, I'm sure you guys have seen people like do impressions of folks. Like it's, you're turning the heat up a little bit mm-hmm. on all of those things. Mm-hmm. So like I'm walking in um, in character uh, and it worked. Yeah. Right. I think for me, um, while all just the logistics and uh, of the business, if you will. It's very fascinating, but I'm also most curious about how you as a human and as a young woman Mm -hmm. were navigating your own personal relationships and sexuality, right? Were you dating at that time? Great question. Yeah. So a thing that I believed more dogmatically at the time Mm -hmm. that still makes sense to me now that I can't quite justify okay. is I'm like work sex and sex sex are different well right, right? For sure right so um so I technically cheated on my very first boyfriend ever with a client yeah but like mentally was like it's this different. is fine right this is a different thing this is yeah. you know right like, I don't want to tell them because I might get in trouble like that's right. A, right right so now obviously I'm a big advocate of of opening up but the uh, actually I'll, I'll get to that in a minute I didn't start telling significant others about my sex work until after I'd experienced an abusive relationship. Because I, when I first moved to New York at the age of 26, before I started doing sugaring or Mm -hmm. getting into sex work for the second time, Mm -hmm. I met and fell in love with this Irish alcoholic because I I like Mm. cliches. And um, (laughs) so hot. Yeah. Uh, And two months into the relationship, when things became more intimate, I confided in him about this thing that I had done at that point seven years ago. Right. And yeah. he lost his oh, mind. He got very violent very quickly. And so after I got out of that relationship, I never slept with a man again who didn't already know. Because uh, that yeah. was my tactic for mitigating the potential mm, of violence yeah. was to like put that out there before we'd made genital contact and he got yeah. like all attached. I was like, you haven't even peed on this tree yet. Yeah. So <laughs> right. that, you know, that, that's something, uh, but if, like, if you can come out, I really encourage you to, I think that's how we're going to change right. the narrative around sex work. But like, obviously don't put yourself in danger. There are a lot of people Absolutely. that are closeted within their families and within their relationships for reasons that only make sense to them. Right. Fine. Cool. Um, 
second, um, you know, I'm 17. Right. I'm yeah. high school's complicated. Yeah. Um, and so it, I did try to use it as this like pass to be sexual with people that I yeah. otherwise didn't feel like allowed to be sexual. Um, and like looking at that, that's like, eh, that's not, it's not a good look, you know. Um, and then hold on, there was there were like three more, like all of the points right. came together, <laughs> and I was so excited about all of them, and I lost them. Oh well, dating. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my my current my fiance now saw my one woman show that I produced uh-huh. about this like before we ever kissed or hung okay. out really. So yeah. he, uh, fu- you know, I believe in informed consent in that yes. relationship. Put it all out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's it because the second person I had sex with was a client, and because I got mm. such an up close look at the ways that men demonize their female mm-hmm. partners, mm-hmm. Uh, the ways that their unhappiness manifests and the lengths that they go to to like gaslight their lovers, right. essentially. It gave me a lens through which to look at relationships and men in those dynamics that I wouldn't trade, but yeah. definitely had an impact. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? I like mean, it's yeah. yeah. I have a hard time trusting and sure. believing and thinking that mm-hmm. there's good sure. in mm-hmm. a lot of or men. That, yeah. I can't even imagine seeing so early in mm-hmm. the development of, right. of those relationships. So many of my clients were like lovely, polite people, right? So like part of the deal yeah. is you are having an idealized sexual encounter. Mm-hmm. Right. So like everyone's doing an Im- their best impression of their best self, right? Like yeah. everyone's trying to be polite, everyone's trying to be awesome or whatever but they're you know they're talking about their partners Mm -hmm. in these uh well well, actually you know it's complicated like some men are talking about their partners derisively some people are talking about the what their partners are going through Mm. that makes them sexually unavailable right there's like long-term chronic illnesses or like mental health stuff or like there's all kinds of stuff and you can see the love and compassion of like i am i am choosing not to leave my life partner just because the sexual element of our relationship is gone. Right. So I am doing my partner the service right. of getting my needs met elsewhere. I'm not stomping around the house like a frustrated right. person and I'm not choosing to leave the relationship, yeah. right? So those kinds of hard compromises, um, you know, you you see that rationale up close. Mm-hmm. And it, it is a, a looking pieces of humanity in the eye. Mm. But, you know, I... I think that we underestimate the human capacity to experience things and be informed by those experiences instead of being damaged by those experiences. Yeah. And I would say in terms of like the cultural narratives that are available to us, when I started doing sex work aggressively voluntarily at 17, my father joined the army at 17 and got sent to Vietnam for the first time, that experience was deeply disruptive, Mm -hmm. deeply Mm -hmm. dramatic. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of the things we say are true about sex workers are actually true about soldiers. And we're playing a game of projection where the relationship between one and the other, it's, it's connected, you know? 
and, I, and I, that goes back through history. I mean, like, uh, Nurdak yeah, yeah, is right. like the goddess Ishtar and the great uh, warrior Gilgamesh, right? That's right. like one of our right. oldest stories. And that is the relationship between a harlot and a soldier wow. and a sex worker acting is literally a lubricant as the soldier returns from the theater of war before they re-enter civilization. Right. Right. You know? Wow. Right. So it's, it's a lot going on. Yeah, a of course. Lot, yeah. A lot of history there. Did you have open conversations? Um, was sex taboo in your household growing up? Yes and no. Okay. It's very confused. So I come from um, a mixed uh, political belief household. Interesting. Mm. So my father was in the military for 30 years. I would describe, he describes himself as an independent. I would describe him as a uh, social conservative mm-hmm. um, in a very mm-hmm. meaningful way. Uh, my mother has been marching for abortion rights since before, you know. Love. Yeah. yeah. She, you know, she's the youngest of four sisters. They grew up in New Jersey. It's like very liberal mm-hmm. with a ver- with a focus on uh, female sexual autonomy. Right. Wow. And so she's, you know, taking me to drag shows and we're a member of the Unitarian Church and I do the Our Whole Lives thing. But I Uh get this message where uh, my mother would call me a slut when she was upset with me. Mm. Um, And my father delivered a very progressive-ish sex talk to me where he was like, look, you're going to do what you want to do. I've kind of accepted that. And heads up, I'm always going to be on your side. If you're ever in trouble, you can always come to me. But if there's any way for you to prevent me from knowing that you're having any kind of sex, do that. Wow. So I got (laughs) delivered this message that it's like, yes, you're an adult. You can do what you want. But the idea of you experiencing sex is so viscerally repulsive to me. Right. It's so upsetting to me. Please don't don't disgust me. Right. And so it's a, I don't know, it's complicated. Yeah. Yeah. What age was that at? Oh, I was like. 11 or 12. Wow. This was like part of the carpool. With your father and your mother? No, no, no. No, No, the mother. Yeah, my father by himself. And my mom was like, go to our whole lives through the Unitarian Church and like sex is fine, sex is cool, unless she was upset with me. And then I was a dirty, dirty slut. You know, so it's like. At the age of. Whatever. Wow. Yeah, like as soon as I got tits. So like 12, you know. Did you even know what that meant? Um, Yeah, I mean, Monica Lewinsky had happened. So like, Uh, you know, I had a pretty good idea. Sure, sure. No, for sure. Right. (laughs) My mother couldn't even say the word sex. (laughs) She would be like. She would whisper it too. She'd be like, "Sex." Yeah, that's really like that no. show has a lot of sex. Right. I had parental yeah. control. It, Titanic was a no-no. What? Wow. And that was just a car with a hand. <laughs> well, I mean, we get it. Yeah, sure, but yeah. yeah. So they they also. T- I mean, so yeah, and so there's like fear behind. I think there was right. a lot of fear for me behind. I it. think there's so much fear when it comes to daughters. Yeah, you know that like this. I we really do have this idea that yeah. men go out into the world and they experience it and they become better, stronger men. You're and right. women go out in the world and experience it, aka fuck the shit out of it, right. and they come back damaged or bruised or devalued or uh, ruined in some way. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of cultural baggage to that, I think, definitely. Um, But, uh, yeah, I think that's that's the major concept that my choice to become a whore was targeting. It was this idea that, like, I was uniquely vulnerable to the world because of my anatomy as a cis female. Like, that's not... Right. Yeah, like... You just no. happened into this right. 
So like if dad can murder and watch right? murder at 17, like I should be able to fuck uh, dudes that smell weird uh, yeah. for reasons beyond liking their car or how, right. whatever the other reasons are or why for people them have liking sex. me. Sure, right, yeah. Right. There's That's all, the people have issue. all kinds of people have been having all kinds of sex for all kinds of reasons, yeah. having all kinds of feelings about it. Right. The whole time. All the time. Right. And yet we don't talk about it. I know. Here we, we talk are. about it in just the focus of no women should say pure. Right. Ah, All women should say no all the time. But then know what you're doing in the bedroom. Which is why no means yes. And this this is another concept that I think is important. And this is something I think that sex workers have so much to contribute to society Mm -hmm. in these cultural dialogues that we're having. Sex workers have a lot to add to the Me Too movement. Mm -hmm. Like if you don't believe women when they say they said yes – how can you expect us as a society to believe women when they say they said no? And imposing on sex workers this idea that, no, you can't consent because I think that's gross and I would never do it yeah. is uh, wrong and dumb and ultimately um, I think disempowers women as active, autonomous sexual agents within their own lives. Yeah. Making choices. Making choices. Making conscious. Making complicated choices. Absolutely. Making co- choices that are different from the choices that you would have them make or that you yeah. can imagine making yourself. Right. right. Exactly. Um, and I do think that it, part of it has to do with the shame uh, that's surrounding it. Yeah. So the choice of right. it then is questioned. And- sure. And so like the Madonna whore complex has been mm-hmm. used right. as a bludgeon to limit the freedom of expression, freedom of movement yeah. for millennia at this point. Yes. That's why we really need to deconstruct this concept of the whore. Right. And I think return uh, sexually powerful people to their rightful place as like cultural leaders and speakers and people yeah. that have a lot to contribute um, totally. and should not be silenced and should be listened to. Yes. Listen to sex workers. Stop the arrest. Yeah. And- it's such a – just the – I think of obviously the wonderful Marx quote. I right. believe the opiate of the masses, like yes. religion is opiate of the masses. I feel like it's this mentality of just – dehumanizing as Mm -hmm. you've said women just Mm -hmm. to make men feel just to say this is such a horrible thing never stop Mm -hmm. but please these people are horrible like yeah and it's base level to make us less than i you know i've obviously been obsessed with this for like a long time and so i feel like you know there there comes a point in cocktail conversations or like Mm -hmm. dinner parties where i can tell that i'm i've cornered somebody and i'm just like (laughs) it's all connected Mm -hmm. but like i um the more I look into this, the more I study this, the more history I become familiar with, and the the deep, you know, the more time alone I have in my room to stare right. at the ceiling and think about like the role of whores and gestures and soldiers in society. Yeah. I think the original sin um, was uh, patriarchal lineage. Mm. This idea, um, like matrilineal systems make the most sense if yes you know if uh all of the property is in my name and then it, it gets passed to my daughter through right. the literal passage of yeah. my vagina then we don't have to police my movement because no. who i fuck matters dramatically less when women become vessels for men's property all kinds of banana like yeah. banana pants shenanigans become yeah. possible right. and i think that bef- when we were living in matrilineal cultures the role of the archetypal whore is that of priestess right mm-hmm. who's operating in temples temples are the organizing 
uh, agent of the ancient world. Everything happens. There, yeah. Temples are banks. Temples are right. irrigation centers. Temples are, uh, you know, anything that gets done gets done through the temple. And priestess prostitutes were running a lot of those. Mm-hmm. But when you switch over to thinking of women as vessels for men's property, you must denigrate the position of the, the prostitute because mm-hmm. you can't have sexually autonomous women. It would be impossible you to find out who them. shit it is. Right. 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 Mm. Whose shit is it? <laughs> Whose shit is it? <laughs> but like these are my, yeah. um, oh my you know, God. like ideas. <laughs> I'm fascinated about how you got back into it yeah. mm-hmm. and then sort of like. I ran out of money. Well, like, and there you go. Right. Like having yeah. done yeah. sex work for me was like having an easy button you're supposed to not hit. Right. Like, yeah. Right. And, and you know, I, I found myself the second time in a financially desperate place, which absolutely sort of changed the dynamics mm. of what I was doing. And again, I can't stress this enough how much privilege I was coming to the table, right? Like, yeah. I, the, the, there were jobs available to me. I had a college degree. I had parents that, like, you know, thought I was making questionable choices but have access to resources. Mm-hmm, like, there's a right. lot mm-hmm. going on. But um, I didn't move here to be a waitress, you know? Yeah, right. And, uh, and I went on seeking arrangements. And for the first time in my life, the advice that my, uh, my father's sisters, my uh, the more conservative aunts, gave me about like the rules and like how to trap men yes, of course. became applicable. Like that's wow, right. It's yeah. like, you know, don't return his calls if he calls after Wednesday. Don't like setting really firm boundaries. Whereas like I, you know, I had like a heat rash was sleeping on, you know, yoga mats and stealing yeah. toilet paper. But I didn't have to be like, no, I'm sorry. I, I've already made plans Saturday. Like we'll have to, we'll have to delay that. Oh, and really? that it was through that uh, again, Informed by all of this reading and research I'd done about the way that the the old courtesans played it, was how I was able to leverage the kind of economic relationship that I ended up negotiating, <gasps> which I want to hear all about. <laughs> sure. I went on seeking arrangements mm-hmm. um, because I was fascinated, and I um, had heard that you could have relationships that you just like went to dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, or footstuff. I also yeah. was dabbling. Um, <laughs> but a whole I, different website. It's a whole yeah. different website. Yeah. Also, I feel like I actually maybe don't have the courage. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. It, it's it's not. It is not easy money. Yeah, no. at all. No, it's an intense form of like performance art meets emotional labor. Yeah. Like you, you're you're a lot of. People all at once and full time job. Mm-hmm. I think that that was the yeah. thing. I was like, I think that to be good at it and to actually be able to do it, you have well, yeah. it's a full time job. Well, it's like you know, and I think that we're seeing this with the social media phenomenon of like individual brand building. Like again, this is something that sex workers have been doing for eons. Yeah, and now like anybody that wants to get like a job in publishing has to like be a brand ambassador for themselves yeah. like that's mm-hmm. uh but but yes absolutely it's it's cultivating um yeah a, a brand you know a look the way that you move it's it's all of the theater development character development stuff right. um and all of this self-marketing stuff right and which is why uh I put a fuckload of energy into cultivating and setting boundaries with one client early on okay and then that's it. Like we okay. stuck together for for years. Actually, how did it? So, wow. mm-hmm. I'd love to hear like how it. Sure. How it started. How how you did ba- what the bound. I'm. I don't even know boundaries now. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So like, and and that's the other like fun 
fucked up thing yeah. is like I am, I have always been way way better at professional sex yeah. boundaries sure. than I ever was in like freebie sex boundaries yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was a a real whiplash moment to go from being a high school student that wasn't really engaging in sex with her peers, but had this like sort of secret life with older men that treated mm-hmm. me like a like a goddess person and were like so respectful and like so over the top thing, like paying me and like mm-hmm. money for the privilege of my time and attention to go to college <laughs> and the hookup culture Mm-mm. and be like, these dudes don't know how much money they owe me. Yeah. Like they're treating this pussy like it's not top shelf pussy. That's yeah. not. They have no they idea. Have no idea. You don't even have sheets on this bed. You are you an uh, animal? Of course. What yeah. is sheets? <laughs> oh. That's a problem. I feel like my ego would be through the roof. <laughs> I was insufferable for many, many years. You should have tried employing me at that. Oh my god. Oh my, oh my god. Ugh. Like, no, you're welcome. <laughs> no, wait, so for years you had this relationship. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And how did it end? Um, It ended sort of twice. Uh, okay. And how did it times. start? It, it started with, you know, he was one of several people that messaged me on Zeke Arrangements. Okay. I went on like five or six first dates. Okay. He was somebody who, first and foremost, I felt uh, could hear me when I talked. Uh, wow. Because if that's not happening, then nothing else is possible. Mm-hmm. Um, note to my younger self, could have saved myself yeah. so much time. But anyway, so he could, uh, again, my, my instincts as an escort were like so much better. <laughs> Yeah. Than my like work a day twenty two year old choices, right? But uh, I felt like he could hear me when I talked. Um, I respected the things that he had to say about what this kind of relationship is, ah. and I also respected that he was like a patron of the arts, mm-hmm. like in addition to this. And so there was some camaraderie or like a foundation that felt beyond. Just the exchange right. of like sexual intimacy. It was a friendly. It was a friendly. Ex- yes. Um, yeah. yeah. And I like I, I respected the things that he had to say about yeah. stuff. Uh, and also, you're playing a fantasy, and like you can think they're smart, but you know when they're paying you, they're a genius. They're so yeah. smart. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah. smart. Um, the initial, the first year that we spent together, uh, he would pay me essentially when he saw me Mm -hmm. Um, and we were very slow to warm up to like full physical intimacy it was very much like a 1950s idea of like no 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 I'm guarding this like precious jewel like Mm -hmm. I'm just giving it away to open my comics but with this guy like this precious (laughs) precious tapestry right um so, you know, we we build up to sexual intimacy, but the problem is, like, his schedule and my schedule, yeah. we go long, big gaps without seeing each other. I've become dependent on this income, mm. so we have a hard, like, that's that's a thing that becomes a problem, yeah. right? So I, uh, g- I do exactly what they tell you to do in the rules. I gave yeah. him the cold shoulder until he noticed that something was wrong. Right. And was like, what's wrong? And I was like, well, you know, I'm just so stressed out all the time now because of this financially insecure place that you've put me. And I know that you're like a good billionaire or whatever. It's like the the hundreds of dollars mean nothing to you. But I'm I'm dependent on this. Like my rent is due on the first, whether you cancel a date on the 30th or not. So like I we need to figure something out. So uh, he put me on payroll Um, and I got paid on the first of the month, regardless of whether or not we saw each other. And then we uh, ended up over the course of the next four years 
uh, seeing each other six times. No. So. Stop. Uh, and only Everything. one of those times were we physically intimate. And I found out later in retrospect that it's because like, he was single when I met him and he got married during that period of time. So okay. like whatever his mental like yeah. boundary was like, but it didn't stop the financial arrangement. Wow. Was he communicating though? Um, we were, yeah, we were texting a little bit. Like, you know, of course I would keep updated on the stuff that he was funding, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I have a show and friend and I'm touring next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Check out this commercial. Right. Uh, yeah, like, right. This is, this is happening. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it wasn't a lot. It was it, He wasn't needy. And that's, again, like. Ideal uh, situation. It was an ideal too. situation. And it's an ideal situation that's made possible by all of the different kinds of privilege that I'm bringing to this. Mm. And also this, like, deep study that I'd done of uh, what it is that I wanted, mm-hmm. what my goals were, mm-hmm. and and staying grounded within that, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that I would have been able to do that had I not had a background in escort work, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I, I wouldn't enable, uh, you know, as a 22-year-old who's making 400 bucks a week waiting tables, like, yeah. how do you ask for significantly more money? How do you gauge? So one of the, the things that I saw that upset me about seeking arrangements, which is true of the mm. amateurification of sex work across the board, mm-hmm. is uh, people asking for too little for too much, right? Being like, yeah. if you just pay my rent, I will be available to you 24 hours a day. And Ew. then fast forward six years later, they haven't built a career or connections right. or anything because they've given themselves over to this person mm. for what? You know, mm. like, so yeah. you, ha- I think it was, I, I knew what my goals were. And my goal was to prioritize, was to make comedy my number one priority. And this money allowed for me to do that. But there was never a moment where he was like, oh, Last minute, I need you on Thursday. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll cancel a gig. Like, that yeah. never happened. Because the boundaries. You said yeah, boundaries. The boundaries. And you, right. right. So you said what you're willing to do and what you weren't. Like, because I mm-hmm. hear about, like, trips. Right. But those have to be planned. I'm mm-hmm. assu- Like, yeah, you have to know ahead of time. It's not just, like, come on my jet. Absolutely. And I think that the other thing that Seeking Arrangements encouraged mm. was a conflation between... Uh, expenses paid Mm. and money right so like you may have purchased me a $500 bottle of wine but I cannot pay my rent (laughs) with that wine (laughs) so thank you but yeah. what you're what you're that's part of the experience, right? And like my hourly rate, the time is mm-hmm. an additional and different thing. You don't get a reduction of in gifts. what my time costs because the hotel room was expensive. Right. Like that's, right. I don't care. I hear about that because mm-hmm. I I was when I was looking into it, it was a lot about gifts. Yeah. Like yeah. shoes right. and clothes and I was, and I remember thinking, so then I'll just have nice clothes shows clothes and shoes yeah. that I can wear. Right. When, right. And then the other the other ludicrous part about this is and, and this is like all the male entitlement, right? Like they think their semen matters so much because like they get their last name or whatever. Like we gotta fix that. Yeah. But like yeah. this idea that, oh, I've spent so much money on you and yet you're so whiny because your needs aren't being met and like you can't keep a job because I keep taking you out of the country every yeah. two weeks. Yeah. Right. Like uh you you can't build a social support network no. because blah 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 blah. And like the shoes are nice, but they're used. So, like, what is it? What are yeah. you? And there's a, a deep lack of empathy, mm-hmm. I think, in a lot of those relationships. And so it became very important for me to explicitly state 
my expectations and be in a position to enforce those. And so I, I, that's the thing about sex work is like, you got to be willing to walk away. If you are not willing to walk away, you're not going to be able to, to enforce, uh, well, you don't have that negotiation power, if you will. Exactly. <laughs> for using more business exactly. style, right? right. You, you know what you're right. worth and you can be like, nope, this is it. I'm right. out. But mm-hmm. that's, again, but desperate it's a times product, or yeah. Yeah. It's a, whatever. It's a product of circumstance. Yeah. And like anybody who has experienced uh, I was any level of poverty for any period of time yeah. knows um, how fast things can change. Yeah. Right. And so I, I you know, you can't, you can't pass judgment on people that are making choices that are different from the ones that you think you would make in a situation you haven't experienced. Yeah. And I think that that is the ultimate social lesson of decriminalizing sex work. Like, what Mm -hmm. if we created a society that stopped this obsession with, like, punitive measures and, like, hunting adults for doing sex stuff with each other? Right. Right. So did you get involved with... The organization, mm. the decriminalized, was that shortly after, during sugaring, or was it a, a, quite a bit of overlap? Okay, um, yeah. So, you know, this this person is uh, affording me the luxury of going where I want to go and doing yeah. what I want to do. One of the things I start doing is going to sex worker rights conventions and like oh, meeting yeah. people. Like, I come out as a sex worker in direct response to that abusive relationship because mm-hmm. he threatened to tell my parents. I was about to say, yeah, is mm-hmm. that when you? Yeah, told your parents. No, I didn't tell my parents. I told the world before I told my parents. They had wow. to Google it. Yeah, so no, no, no. I'm a coward. I'm like, a, I'm a coward. <laughs> right? Like, I wrote a one-woman show. We had a press release. We had a photo shoot. Like, and my mom's like, um, <laughs> do you want to... This <laughs> That's so funny. Right. Our yes. parents are so, it's a totally different it animal. Is to different. Talk to them it's about different. It. If you don't talk to your mom for six months, she will Google you. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I absolutely came out um, online before yeah. I came out directly to my parents. But it turns out I can still go home. They're not good, happy. Good. And we're like, they're, it's not something that we can comfortably talk about. Okay. Um, and how long ago? Oh, God, that was like 2014. Oh, wow. So it was like five years ago. Yeah. But, you know, they, at this point, I'm a struggling comic. They don't understand how I'm making my money. Like, they're worried about and for me. You know, the, this bombshell thing happens. I'm like bringing home comics. They're, you know, like, the, yeah. I'm traveling all over the country for beer money. Like, it's, they, they're like, like, we what? thought you were going to law school. Like, and and yeah. I was like, that would have been so much worse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it's, yeah. um, they're like, we afforded you every opportunity. I'm like, I know. Yeah. I yeah. took all the opportunities. <laughs> Absolutely. Did. I did what the fuck I wanted to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a process and a, a generational divide that we're yeah. still working through. But my, my fiance gets it. They love my fiance. And I think as patriarchal as it sounds, I do think the me getting married to like a nice boy that yeah. they respect has opened up some more bandwidth yeah. to appreciate that maybe to I'm not accept. like mentally ill. Yeah. 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 So, right. Yeah. Well, are they, I would think any sort of helping others. So working with being the communications director. Yeah. Um, that title. The right? title. Uh, I, I mean, know. Do they know that title? Me? Right. 
have you heard? <laughs> um, but has that helped the conversation uh, any? A little bit. You know, it certainly forced the conversation more often. Yeah. Because, like, mm-hmm. I have to do a work thing. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. Oh, I have to travel. To not, you know, like, yeah, yeah. so it, I, it, it, it's too soon to tell, I would say. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And they're also very distracted with the wedding. And so um, there's a lot of fun for them. noise and fog <laughs> and distracting things yeah. in between uh, us talking about the thing that no one wants to talk right, about. Right, right, right. Sometimes I do this for myself because I don't know the answer, but like, what would you want to hear your parents mm-hmm. say to you? Right. I think the, the message that I wrote in my first show to my hypothetical daughter was actually very similar to what my father said, but without that caveat of like, I understand that you're going to make your own choices. And it is not my job to agree or disagree with those choices. It is my job to support you in what those are. And no matter what, I will always love you. So, you know, if you're in trouble you can come to me and trying to demonstrate that over and over again throughout childhood and not becoming, um, you know, a feared person, Mm -hmm. I think, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I don't know. That makes a lot of sense. Well, you, and you hope, right? Cause it's like, you know, from everything that I've seen, like you fart a baby out and you're just like, everything's different now. I know, right? I don't I've witnessed it. I, I have don't know. different ideas yeah. about taxes. It's I like, know, I exactly. It's right, yeah. yeah. Do you have any siblings? No, only child. Okay. Uh, a lot of, right. Which is another reason why I'm like, yep, got to get on board with my whore choices yeah. or I'm not coming home for Christmas. <laughs> They're like, oh, Make it. your choices. Fine. <laughs> too much power. Too much pressure and too much power. Wow. Yeah. Do you want to speak to your grandchildren? <laughs> don't be too much of a dick. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Have you considered going back? Um, you know, it's uh, here's what I here's what I always say. I'm I'm never going to let something as trivial and meaningless as money be the reason mm. I'm not going to do a thing I really really want to do. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. I'm going to I'm going to write the show that I'm going to write. I'm mm-hmm. going to tell the jokes that I'm going to tell. I'm going to make the statements that I'm going to make, but I released myself very early on from any kind of employer employee relationship where I feel like I have to do something. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm in a, I'm very much in a mental place where I'm I'm making my choices because I always know that I have a survival exit. Yeah. And I think that is, you know, a deeply troubling, uh, destabilizing place for the powers that mm-hmm. be. If you have mm-hmm. an entire labor force that understands that they can walk away, right. um, a lot of these atrocities are not possible. And, you know, again, that that's was my lived experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, can't uh, impose that on other people. But I do think that there are a lot of people that feel trapped that aren't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that is something that I let go of a long time ago. So what are some of the things that um, this organization is oh, yeah. doing? Yes. Oh, that's right. My jobby job. Right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm just cool. fascinated because I know it's such a, I feel like mm-hmm. 
just the criminalization sure. of right. sex work is so embedded in mm-hmm. our psyche. So there's Which an overall change that needs 100%. to happen. But then what are the actions and, now? And it, it's so funny. The, the history on this is really interesting, yeah. right? Because like we've been discriminating against sex yeah. workers and denigrating them, right, for like six thousand years yes. but we've only actually criminalized prostitution for a hundred years we oh. didn't we didn't criminalize uh you know, there were licensed regulated operating brothels all over mm. the country until 1910 which is yeah. the man act and so we actually criminalized um prostitution um alcohol and abortion all in the same uh, one like, fell swoop one fell swoop it's part of the progressive era right <laughs> mm, so it's yeah. it's this idea of like you know, upper middle class white ladies who think that they know best and are yeah. willing to sick the powers of the police state on people that just won't listen. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we shut down saloons, we shut down brothels, and we created this like criminal underworld, right? We actually created pimps by criminalizing sex work because, sure. uh, you know, we you shut down the brothels and then right. you start aggressively policing, um, you know, prostitutes. And so they have to hire men to escort them and to bring them clients care. and yeah. because men can move about freely without being harassed by the police. And um, the Contagious Diseases Acts in the 1860s, and it's called the American Plan here during uh, World War One. So like, you know, 1917. Um Police officers were actually empowered to stop uh, any loose woman who was walking around near um, a military base of any kind um, and force her into um, an exam. Uh, And if she was found to be... contagious or she had syphilis or something um but also it's like 1917 so like by syphilis they could just mean like sloppy looking vag like it's, right. it's, like, oh it's like a doctor being like does your pussy look like, slutty right it's not i'll not make real. that choice right. Like, <laughs> right. this doesn't look right and then they would put people in lock hospitals and treat them with Jesus. mercury until they uh, died or gave up so oh. like that's a period of time oh in God. our history and it's the origin story and like it's happening around the same time that we are policing prostitution for the wow. first time so like, that's the origin story so like yeah. you know sex workers and soldiers and blah 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 um What's so interesting to me about this uh, history, too, is that they tried to um, force soldiers to do STD checks because they were like, we're having a syphilis problem. Yeah. It's impacting our fighting force. And they were like, I know, we'll test the dudes. And they uh, violently revolted with the guns that they'd been issued. And they were like, no, 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 it's going to be easier to just, like, test the women. They're the vectors of disease. (laughs) Like. I'm livid. It's, right, you it's should be. So it's upsetting. It's very upsetting. upsetting. And like, how do you prove you're not a whore? That's right. Like, so you look There's at a no cop way. the wrong way, right? Like yeah. he, like he whistles at you, and you say no, sir, and he goes, "Well, uh, get in the van, sweetheart. Right? I'm gonna yeah. hire a doctor 100%. to punch your pussy." See. Right? Yeah. It's gross. Oh. And it, it it's, it's witch trials. Exactly. Uh. And the uh, yeah, the correlation between yeah. whores and witches is For sure. deep. Sure. Yeah. Uh, all goes back to the Temple of Ishtar. Oh, right? Ishtar. Yeah, it's like, it all Ishtar, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. yeah, so, so, sorry. Your, the original question was, what does your organization do? No, but right. I, I mean, right. all of this is very fascinating. But See what I'm I mean? just curious it's about this. It's all connected. This. It's it all is. connected. I have and more. And it's so deep. And that's yeah. uh, something that's mm-hmm. overwhelming to me, I think, with so many right. issues that are happening. It's like, it is so overwhelming because yes. it is such an age-old yes. problem. It's like, how do we unravel that right. and right. make change? 
church. Absolutely. Right. And, and the media, I'd also love to know yes. your opinion. And, and I think it's so important for me, you know, sex workers have always been social symbols in mm-hmm. a lot of way. And I think that if we can change the way that we as a culture interact with sex workers, right? If we can care more and incarcerate less, if we right. can mm-hmm. uh, stop, uh, you know, denigrating people that make other people come for a living, right? right. Like maybe that's not the worst thing that you yeah. can do. Right. Then I think that a lot of other big picture radical changes are possible, right? Like we mm-hmm. can put a dent in the uh, prison industrial complex, right? We can put a dent in the military industrial complex. We can mm-hmm. ask big paradigm shifting questions. And I think that like the microcosm of sex work is like a philosophical key that opens many doors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Decriminalized Sex Work is a national advocacy organization. Mm -hmm. Um, Our main three directors are myself, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm the director of communications. My job is to come on shows like this one and sound, you know, cogent. Um, (laughs) We also have uh, an incredibly accomplished attorney, Melissa Bruto, who went to Georgetown. She went to law school to decriminalize sex work, right? She was like this. She's like, uh, she's 10 years older than I was. She's like a child of the 80s and made the same connection that I did, but just like, didn't feel the need to actually do sex work. She was just, right. she's more of a self-identified slut, actually. But um, <laughs> she's great. Uh, but she got the first vacature case um, passed in this country, which is where uh, a victim of trafficking, their criminal history was vacated uh, so that they could move on with their lives. Oh, and she wow. is like the the architect of that movement, which is like gaining speed in legal circles of like, okay, fine, fine, fine. So trafficking victim is you know, always bad, but like if we saddle somebody with a criminal record, we make them yeah. more vulnerable to exploitation. Absolutely. So right. she has dedicated her life into expunging oh. the records wow, um, of people caught up in the sex trade. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Crystal DeBoss, who is uh, you know a um, social service worker. Did I say that right? Social service is mm-hmm. right. Sorry, yeah. yeah. It's literally, my job to know this. And I'm like, what does she? What did who? <laughs> right. She she's been the executive director uh, of like the sex worker project here, mm-hmm. but she's a psychotherapist, and her clients are mostly trafficking victims, wow. mostly from uh, Mexico and um, South and Central America, and so she was one of the very first anti-trafficking advocates in this country. She got the first federal grant to study trafficking under the Clinton administration Mm. and has come to the conclusion through her work that criminalization is the biggest barrier between her clients and their access uh, to justice and and being able to break out of the exploitative situation that they they find themselves in. And so these, you know, like two powerful women um, who are both, like trafficking, uh, anti-trafficking advocates, yeah. um, and myself are trying to to move this ship. Yeah, um, right. We have a support staff that mostly comes from the marijuana legalization mm-hmm. effort, which I think is a very cool yeah. uh, political context to have. Our yeah. uh, political strategist Rob Cambia started the marijuana public policy and is like knows. Uh, Every lobbying firm and like major right. uh, senators and like what tact like the different legal strategies in each state yeah. um, and wow. is is very much sort of shaping a national strategy um, mirrored on those tactics. Uh, and then we have you know our tech guy administrative assistant are like also from the the marijuana world. But Crystal Melissa and I are speaking um, about Making sex workers. Right. I always think of. Um, 
the marijuana world mm-hmm. and the prostitution world is like the criminalization of both of them right. as easy numbers yep. for like, 100%. police jurisdictions. You and know, it's like we need more arrests. And, and yeah, that's money the, for prison. That's the yeah. really perverse thing, especially when you do talk about the tragedy of human trafficking, like sex trafficking yeah. in this country, that are hyper focus on consensual adult sex workers, right? Mm-hmm. And calling John Stings trafficking stings or like calling these roundups of like adult women of like an anti-trafficking initiative is that you are redirecting energy and focus away from real trafficking yes you're not catching the epsteins of the world because you're too focused on the robert crafts of the world yeah 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 right like that like those are quick and easy let's just exactly it's so easy to catch somebody that isn't really a criminal mastermind no. and the, the more you criminalize something the, the further underground you push this yeah um and you know more unsafe yeah of course yeah. yeah black markets are havens for violence and exploitation yeah you know of course yeah and if you're if you run the risk of being charged uh with prostitution or being mistreated by the notoriously misogynistic police department, you're not going to report your abuser, whether it's, you know, a violent and exploitative manager, like what we would call a pimp or an abusive boyfriend or an abusive client. How many serial killers have we let slip through the cracks because sex workers can't go to the police to talk about what's happening to them? Well, that's I was going to ask about that with the media. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean... I love me a good crime show. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yep. And I mean, the amount of devaluing for life that there is for, mm-hmm. I mean, they're just, it's horrific. And, and I don't know if you saw the Netflix show about like BDSM. It's like, she's a sex worker. Oh, yeah. I just want to know your opinion on sort of the way it's being portrayed. Cause I think that's well, a huge. So sure. I haven't seen the show. I haven't okay. seen a lot of shows, right? Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen hustlers. I haven't seen like, yeah. a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. uh, and it's a lot of that has to do with like just the tastes of my I'm fiance. Sh- oh, like yeah. he's just, you know, like we are pretty much stuck on uh, <laughs> mostly environmentalist documentaries hey, for listen. a minute. Wow. <laughs> sure. Sure. That can get dark and sad quickly. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It but, does. Uh, yeah. 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 We do like, uh, but yeah, I mean like the planet earth. So we're like, we're doing Those are like, beautiful, yeah, no, it's like earth porn. We're doing earth porn. It's it earth. I love it. I digress. Um, but then we're burning in fire. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. So my my general takeaway from a lot of the sex work-centered media that's mm. come out recently is it, I find it upsetting and disturbing that at the same time that we are censoring and muting and uh, really uh, pushing down actual lived experience sex worker voices like we are promoting uh fake sex worker stories on twitter right like so you're like you are twitter is like oh well we can't we can't promote prostitution because that's a violation of sesta fosta but we can produce this we can promote the shit out of this film with a fictional and so it feels very um like sort of schizophrenic and and unfair uh and I, I know that the sex worker community feels silenced um, in the face of a lot of this this art and media. But I want to give the Hustlers movie credit. They hired Jack the Stripper, who is a fantastic um, advocate of sex workers, to consult on the film and mm. everything that I've heard about it. Like she did a great job. Like there's a lot wonderful. of you know wonderful elements, and that all of the sex workers portrayed in that film are are complex, like yeah. flawed, multi-dimensional characters, which yeah. is 
awesome. We love. Uh, Melissa and Crystal mm-hmm. um, actually uh, consulted on the series. Oh, good. Um, that took place in Times Square in the 1970s, yeah. the transition from street-based work to uh, to pornography. What was mm-hmm. it called? I know. I can't, I you know what I'm talking deuce. about. Deuce. Deuce. The Deuce. Right. So they consulted yeah. on the Deuce. And they have an intimacy coordinator mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Which is huge. The, like great. the first ever. So great. Which yeah. is tremendous. Yeah. And I think it's really important that we are starting to have conversations mm-hmm. about negotiated versus coerced consent. Right. Like the difference between what Harvey Weinstein did Mm -hmm. uh, to the actresses he raped and what me and my patron did, which is negotiate over a period of time, the exchange of money for sexual and emotional intimacy are really different. And the conflating the two. I think is a part of rape culture. Like it, yeah. it, it boils my blood that Jeffrey Epstein's victims went to the police and said, I've been raped. I've been trafficked. This is bad. And police yeah. officers were like, oh, well, you're a prostitute. Like he's he's guilty of like soliciting prostitution. I'm like, no, he's raping 14 year olds. Yeah, and right. then they go to what, you know, to Robert Kraft where they, you know, spend hundreds of thousands of taxpayer dollars and God knows how many police man hours setting up cameras in massage parlors, right, to record like the world's most boring porn to catch a 70-year-old man getting his dick touched by a 40-year-old woman who's legally licensed to massage every other inch of his body. Like, it's just not um, worth anyone's business. Yeah, no. Unless she is being forced to do that, but that oh, is right. a different issue. Absolutely. <laughs> and there's, you know, the prosecutors in, in Florida did say in open court that there's no evidence of trafficking in that case, which well, I think hello. is really yeah. important yeah. To, to point out and yes, say. to be clear on and that. And, like, you know, there's... And that's so often the story. It's yeah. like we, if you look at the millions and millions of dollars that the United States government is spending on what is ostensibly an anti-trafficking campaign, mm-hmm. they're not catching very many traffickers. No, they're not. Right. Keep getting distracted. I and I, pardon me for not remembering all the details, but I curious just talking about the media and censorship mm-hmm. when Tumblr. Mm-hmm. shut down so many because I remember that uh, that was mm-hmm. such an issue with because that was a, a site that was being used mm-hmm. by mostly independent right. porn producers so you're talking about like trans bodies and disabled right. bodies and like multi-ethnic bodies and, and, and people that are not celebrated and like the notoriously yeah. racist misogynistic like cheesecake oh, no. like porn like, look I don't I'm not here to censor porn like whatever gets you off yeah. is like fine like so long as you're paying for your porn like it's you're doing ethical porn yeah. as far as I'm concerned I don't care what you're into mm-hmm. but it it was a uh, an artistic like ecosystem uh-huh. where independent performers were developing individual relationships with their audience that cut out the middleman and made porn less exploitative. Yes, um, and they you know small producers, small sites are the ones that can't afford uh, legal counsel yeah. or like all of the shit that you have to do to make sure that you're not in violation of of SESTA FOSTA. Yeah. So are you guys familiar with? that are your listeners familiar with uh, sure so jesse isn't sure so you go ahead and yeah i'm not i'll be honest yeah i'm familiar with the term but i 
sure. certainly can say no more. So the reason that Tumblr shut down, right? Yes. The yeah. reason that you see this widespread right. censorship of sexual content on the internet is because April 11th in 2018, Donald Trump signed in an aggressively bipartisan law that was billed Shocking. as an anti-trafficking initiative that uh, called the Stop Enabling Sex Trafficking uh, or, you know, Fight Online Sex Trafficking, mm-hmm. so SESTA-FOSTA, um, that basically stated that any site, any platform that allowed uh, third-party posters, right, their mm-hmm. users, to promote prostitution um, were now open to liability. So it, like, mm-hmm. shifted the liability from individuals onto platforms and incentivized right. oh. this widespread, overreactive censorship because companies are risk-averse. Right. Right. And the bigger you are, the more risk averse you are. So like shortly after the ban, which I think encapsulates like the whole fucking problem. Yeah. Instagram banned like shadow banned Mm -hmm. hashtag women so that they wouldn't potentially be found guilty of promoting prostitution. I'm like, and that's the truth. Right. That's like the capital T truth about a lot of these laws that are targeting sex workers or like the spaces, it's all about policing women's bodies. And whenever we see an increase in like going after like the whores, you see a reduction in freedom of movement, freedom of expression of women, right? Because it's used as this bludgeon to like beat people back into their homes where they won't be accused of being too slutty. She's Louise, but then uh, this is my... My this is what makes me so angry is like I've watched documentaries. I've mm-hmm. seen things about sites that exist that are mm-hmm. all about with young illegal children that right. that those people sites, are profiting. Absolutely, and make those so sites much exist money. overseas, right? Like that's like the is deep the deep thing? web, like the deep dark web, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. So it's, it doesn't if so because I'm one. So so like so Backpage, so Backpage, for example, right? So like Backpage yeah. was raided just a few days before Sesta Fosta. They were engaged in this like long drawn yes. out legal fight. The government actually confiscated like people's property. They're not being able to pay their lawyers. Like it's. It's a deep dive. I would check out, like, Elizabeth yeah. Nolan Brown has done some really good reporting on this. Okay. But uh, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages of police departments all over the country thanking Backpage for their cooperation in missing children's cases or trafficking cases. Like, Backpage cooperated with law enforcement to help crack down on uh, exploitation or incidents of minors all the time. But they did not allow the state to get in the way of grownups who were trying to have sex with each other. How fantastic! Right? It, like it was there. They were they were great. They're like then they are hardcore free speech advocates. Yeah. Like before 1973, yeah. Roe versus Wade, these uh-huh. same dudes, right? The same back page yeah. brand. Like these guys were allowing abortion providers to advertise in the back pages of their newspaper oh, wow. before switching over to replacing that income with sex work once um, abortion providers became uh, legal. So like they have a long history within the female bodily autonomy yeah. movement as being fundamental to like freedom of expression. So like I respect the shit out of those dudes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, what's happened since Sesta okay. Fosta is a huge chunk of people that were using the internet to schedule and screen their clients mm-hmm. been pushed um, onto the street, which is more dangerous, or pushed into exploitative management relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or they are advertising uh, with people overseas mm-hmm. where there's even less regulation. There's even yeah. less. So it's like the whole thing 
Uh, not a single trafficking operation has been disrupted. Mm-hmm. Not a single trafficking victim um, has been saved. But rather, you took the entire sex industry and pushed it further underground, empowering and enabling violent predators within Jesus our community. Um, and we've seen an uptick in murders, yeah. in suicides, in violence. Like you talk to sex workers across this country, as I did for my my global ambassador yeah. report. Yeah. You have uh, and they are they are frightened. And I think that yeah. we should be listening to to sex workers because we have a long history um, of being the canaries in the coal mine when yeah. it comes to uh, women's empowerment specifically. Yeah. What can we do? That's a great oh, question. Thank you. So I would I would go to dswork dot uh, org. Okay. I'd get on our email list. I'd send okay. your legislator um, a message. We have a lot of yeah. sample letters that you can great. send. Um, you know, you can you can educate yourself about this issue. Go you know go to our website. Do your own research. Mm-hmm. Um, if you live in New Hampshire, Rhode Island, we have um, active campaigns right now. If you're in, uh, you know, Washington State or California or Hawaii uh, or Vermont or Maine or like there's a or D.C. Um, I'm, I'm sure I'm leaving something out and somebody's going to yell at me on the Internet. I'm like, how could you possibly forget the most important? It's like, well, they're all linchpin so states. Uh-huh. And there is a lot happening. Like right here in New York, you know, you have uh, some very exciting DA races. We've had people who are running for Congress on a platform of decriminalizing sex work for the first time uh, wow. in human history, which is exciting. Yeah. Um, so there is definitely a lot going on. Uh, and so depending on where you live, um, what kinds of, of resources you want to donate to this. I was like, like get involved, like get informed, get involved, yeah. uh, you know, donate your time or your money um, mm-hmm. or your you know intellectual energy. But this campaign is happening and I think it matters. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah. It freaking does mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. I think the biggest ask right now would be, um, you know, we, we obviously want to listen to sex workers and stop the arrest. Yeah. But we need to stop funding organizations that deliberately and maliciously conflate adult consensual sex work with human trafficking because you are doing a disservice mm-hmm. to trafficking victims, first and foremost, and also sex workers who are a, yeah. already a vulnerable class and society at large. You are misinforming and deliberately uh, redirecting public attention um, and energy to making a problem worse yeah yeah can you give me an example of a company like that or like how i would figure something like i I do i've never felt less informed in my life i feel like this is such a huge thing that i (laughs) i and you're so eloquent and informed and it's like amazing to be in your presence absolutely Um, but i do feel like Jesse, you know nothing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I want to know what the companies mm-hmm. are that are like, you know, yeah. can you? Yeah, I would look at like Polaris Project. Um, okay. You know, that's a that's a big, you know, famous organization. Um, a lot of religiously affiliated yeah. anti-trafficking groups. I think a lot of the infrastructure that was once the pray the gay away yes. has now been shape-shifted to uh, lock sex workers up until they're ready to repent, right? So there's a lot wow. of yeah. cooperation between... Um, thinly veiled religious organizations and state governments, like, yep. and the police state is very much like yeah. funneling people uh, into these organizations. John schools is another big red flag danger okay. zone of like okay. you are your force, you know. So uh, somebody gets caught up in a John sting, right? Like they uh-huh. they're guilty of the crime of booking an appointment with a lady that they wanted to, you know. Or I'm sorry, I I've been doing a lot of um, heteronormative gendering. Like, I just want to say like. 
all yeah. kinds of people of any, have yes. been selling and buying sex the whole time. There's yes. evidence of male and trans sex workers from like the earliest human records. But, Absolutely. you know, yeah. So my apologies to, to listeners. But, um, you know, somebody gets they call it a John Sting. Somebody is guilty of trying to, um, you know, purchase uh, intimate time with a sex worker. Uh, that is they are then forced to like go to a class uh, and then also their name and photo and sometimes address is like published in the Stop paper. It. So um, I think Crystal won't mind if I if I tell this story actually. Um, her cousin in uh-huh. Minnesota uh, was in uh, was going through a rough patch in his marriage. It had become kind of like a sexless marriage. So his very first attempt to uh, seek professional um, intimacy mm-hmm. Um, was a Johnston because he didn't know what he was doing, oh, right? Yeah. So he doesn't uh, get to have intimate contact with anybody. Instead, he runs into a police squad. Oh, he's Jesus. handcuffed, right? He's taken down. His wife has to come bail him out, Oy. right? Oh, then uh, his name and address is published in the local paper. It's the talk of the town. <laughs> she divorces him Stop. and then uses this uh, as leverage to get full custody no, and deny what? visitation to the children because why would you let a pervert <gasps> around your kids? Right. And so like that's Jesus that's a male Christ. example, but that happens to women all the time yeah. too. And that's um one of the things that I would cautioners against is um like the Nevada model. Okay. Um, what does that mean? Hyper legal, uh strictly regulated prostitution. Mm-hmm. Um so Nevada is the only state in the union with legal prostitution right. mm-hmm. and it has the, the highest arrest rate per capita for prostitution. Wait, mm-hmm. how right. Because you're only allowed to work in brothels. There's no way to legally work in Vegas or Reno where the biggest demand is. And if you work at a brothel, you have to register with the sheriff's department. You have to be hired by a brothel. So you're talking mostly cis, mostly white, Mm -hmm. mostly, right? right? Um, You have to uh, give half of your money into the house and then pay taxes. Uh, And you have to – it's like – Working it's, in a restaurant, like it's yeah. not sustainable, it's, right? It's not. It, it it's a bad model. Yeah. The only people who want this are brothel owners. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, it's an example of uh, be careful when legislators are advocating for mm-hmm. end demand policies or hyper strict regulation. Whenever you hear somebody saying, "I know." We'll get all the prostitutes to register, and that way we can test them all for STDs. Like, mm. have take take a pause, okay. right? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of stuff that sounds like a good idea, mm-hmm. but if you listen to sex workers, right. they will tell you why it's this like, is no, a no, primrose no. path to all of your nightmares. Right, yeah. right, right. We got to wow. start studying. Yeah, so, yeah, so decriminalization, uh, you know, so if listeners want to nerd out and get into it, Decriminalization versus legalization matters. Decriminalization versus end demand matters. Right. Uh, there's only one legal model that sex workers are asking for, and that's to to stop the arrests and not erect uh, erroneous regulatory structures that create a two-tiered system or create unintended consequences. Um, you can get on our email list, mm-hmm. yep. get yourself educated, uh, contact your legislators, and, you know, this is a social change moment, just like the LGBT movement. Yeah. Tell your friends. You know, start yeah. this conversation yeah. uh, in public. Let the sex workers that you don't know are a part of your social circle around you know that you're a person that they can go to to uh, reach out for support yeah. or, you know, like out themselves. Like, it can be very powerful to just let your community know that you're an advocate for sex workers. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Okay, so you've given the website, but let's make sure we have all of the sure. the handles, the social, sure. the website. So the, the website is DSWork. Okay. The Twitter handle is DCrimSex. Uh, I think it's the same on Instagram. It sure, could be sure, DecrimSex sure. or it could be Decrimsex Work. Don't be confused. Yeah. Uh, we'll look them both up. Either way. <laughs> we can put it in like the Yeah, com- we'll put it. For sure. As well. You can also follow case. me at Caitlin Bailey. My parents spelled my name wrong, which makes me uh, easy to find. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I love it. It's K-A-Y-T-L-I-N Bailey, B-A-I-L-E-Y. And of course, uh, links to all kinds of Decrim stuff. Are available Absolutely. on my uh, my website so. and your comedy. I yes, you can Indeed. you can watch me do roast battles Ooh. as I prepare myself for uh, wow. the right wing media. Uh, listen, <laughs> we need it. I'm going out there. If I can survive a naked roast battle at wow. Legion of Skanks, I can probably handle Fox News. Wow, <laughs> that's a roast alone scare me. I can't imagine a naked roast. Yeah. Look, guys, you're brave. I, you're I, the brave, very brave, brave or stupid. I've just been, you know, an ex- I'm a provocateur, but you know, yeah. contrarian by nature. Oh, it's listen, just I love it, and, and an exhibitionist. <laughs> well, using it for good, and I love that. Yeah. Yes, Caitlin, thank oh, you thank, so much for yes. being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Oh gosh, thank you so much for drawing attention to this really important. Absolutely. Issue. We, thank you. Absolutely. Thrilled. <laughs> wow. Wow. I am overwhelmed. Yeah. And overjoyed. Well, here's the thing. I, you know, I'm not complaining about dating anymore. Not anymore. It seems no. like uh, my problems. Why do I? We it, we have no room to stand. No, we, <laughs> we, really we have no a room. bad a, a bad date because he doesn't ask any questions. Because I'm going Dutch. Get over it. Come on now. <laughs> like let's. That's some privilege right there. Yeah, about. we got a lot of privilege. However, however, the fact remains: there's no such thing as love. I mean, that'll never change for us. Right. 